Hello and welcome to the Codec Call, the CodecMoments.com podcast. Now today, Matt, Sev and myself are here to talk about the recent release of Watch Dogs. If you want to join in the discussion during today's podcast, then please tweet us at Codec Moments, or you can log on to Facebook or Google Plus and uh, follow our stuff there as well. So, let's jump straight in. Well, I love it. There's plenty more I can say about it. That's why we're doing a podcast. You, you were expecting something and you didn't get it, but it grew on you pretty quickly. Yeah, I, I was, in fairness, when I booted it up and played the first couple of missions, I was disappointed mm. because um, I'd followed the hype. I completely threw myself into it. I bought the season pass before it released. I ended up buying a digital copy of the guide just because I was getting quite excited. And I played it and I thought, what is this? This, is, this isn't what I wanted. What disappointed you about it? I think it was initially because I just went, oh, it's Grand Theft Auto. Um, and I was expecting something so different, but it, it it's as I've just said, it grew. It took a few missions and then going off and doing some side missions, picking up some of the activities and then understanding the hacking mechanic and what you actually do with it. And if I'm fair, probably forcing myself to try and play it as a hacker rather than playing it like another open world game that I've played in the past, whether that's Grand Theft Auto, whether it's The Saboteur, uh, mercenaries, anything like that. I've tried to play it as the game intends, and that's when I started to enjoy it. For me, it was the, the thing that sort of stopped me from um, enjoying it sort of intensely from from the beginning was uh, the early experiences with the driving. It's bad. There's no way that I can really defend it. It it, it, it doesn't even it doesn't even get better over time. What what the game does around it makes up for it it wasn't great at first and the cars are very heavy Mm. but i'm kind of getting used to it and i'm not sure whether that's because i'm finding nuances in it subtly breaking into corners and trying to to drive it like that it's not as bad as i thought initially but a lot of the cars just i don't know i i think i know i know what you mean i'm glad you do no no it's like it's like that opening mission uh, where you're thrown into you're thrown into driving, you're escaping the police, yeah. and it doesn't handle as you want it to. You, you're so used to a particular style. You know, it doesn't corner well. And actually, when I think about it, if I were to get into a, a medium compact sedan that's not a particularly expensive car, it, yeah, that is pretty much how it might handle if you threw it into a corner at the kind of speeds I was trying. Yeah, and I think that's it. I, I hesitate to say it's a more realistic driving simulation because I, I thought exactly the same as Seth. I mean, I, I can't repeat the words that I used in our Hangouts conversation <laughs> on how bad the driving was. You can if you want. I'll, I'll bleep them. It does make a little bit more sense than it did to begin with. Um, it's not necessarily the driving I dislike. It, I think it's that first experience. The cops are unforgiving, so you never get a chance to really get to grips with what you're doing. They're relentless, and I have to say, I've only got myself in one situation outside of the story where there's been a helicopter involved, and I didn't have a hope in hell of getting away. They do not give up. I thought very early in the game, and and I haven't played, well, I'm definitely not 50% of the way through. I'll be surprised if I'm even 25% through the story. The cops just, yeah, relentless is the only word. It's it's almost unfair um, on how they target you. You're supposed to have all these tools available, which I know we'll get to talking about the tools in a bit, but you're just, well, three or four at you at once that can go faster than you, that can corner better than you. It's so hard to lose them that you're just 
ah, most of the time. <laughs> when you try to sort of ram them, you can't. They're stronger than you. Yeah. When they box you in, you're only, like, I, I found more often than not, my only option was to slam on the anchors, try and turn around and run away. <laughs> yeah. I did have a pretty good chase in a cement truck, though. That was that was quite good. Mm. It didn't corner very well, admittedly, but for ramming power... Well, I did, I did it in a fire engine uh, against one of the gangs rather than the cops, and the gangs in their sports cars were able to push the fire engine out of the way, <laughs> which was slightly disappointed. I, I was also really disappointed that you can't take cars down into pillars. You can make bollards pop out of the road that will take them out, but you can't slam them into oncoming traffic, which seems like it should do the same job. You've played far too much Burnout. <laughs> I know. And any game that has that mechanic where you can slam cars into traffic to take them out, <laughs> it's just fantastic. But yeah, it's almost like they're um, not necessarily scripted, but there's only set scenarios you seem to be able to deal with the pursuers. And obviously you have no weapons that you can use that I've found it in some cases actually the best thing you do is get out of the vehicle mm. um, and pull out the assault rifle get some cover and deal with them that way because it's quicker than trying to escape from them so doing that with the police obviously just makes things worse another thing is as you sort of travel around the map there's some there's some areas around the outskirts that they're completely devoid of blockers or um, tra traffic lights and stuff like that you've got like this sort of um, the country hilly area which is down at the bottom I believe you know you're there and you know the area, you realise you have to not only evade these police officers, but try and figure out how to get to the city just so you can take them out. Yeah. It's at that point that you just start driving over hills and sort of <laughs> driving into the ocean because at least then you can, you've only got the sniper and the helicopter to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> so talking about Aiden Pierce, and Sev is probably in a better position to comment on the character what do we think of him as a protagonist i think he's pretty flat i was actually i was actually on twitter the other day and um i was talking to um mike bithel you know the guy that made thomas was alone hmm. yeah we, we were talking about we were talking about the character of aiden pierce he seems very much like he was originally supposed to be desmond miles but because people hated Desmond Miles, they killed him off and quickly changed the the the, <laughs> the, the modern times Assassin's Creed into Watch Dogs. And yeah, it it really seems like that because the character. I mean, I did I looked up the uh, I looked up the voice actor and the guy. Not to say not to say that nobody gets their nobody gets their chance, but he hasn't done anything before. And the character in himself of Aiden Pierce, he's very he's he's not very reactive to what's going on around him. He's, uh, he's, it's just happening and he's doing it. Yeah, he's, he's not a particularly deep character, is mm. he? No. I know, I know we've probably been quite cynical about yeah. it, but yeah, there's, there's the setup on why he's out for revenge, which yeah. in fairness, there isn't much revenge going on until a little bit later in the story anyway. The setup's there, it's paint-by-numbers stuff. Yeah. You don't feel for him. No. At all. I feel more for his sister. Exactly. Um, and her situation and, and everything that's going on rather than actually him. To be honest, I thought he was a bit of a dick. <laughs> well, no, that's very true. <laughs> Can't disagree with that. <laughs> the, the very opening bit where um, he's pummeled somebody with a baseball bat uh, to get a bit of information. It is a bit obscene, isn't it? It's over the top. When you do sort of a, um, you, you detect a crime and it's like, all right, the guy was doing something a bit iffy, but he, he stole somebody's purse. You don't need to beat him to death with a truncheon. 
is a bit slap happy, isn't he? <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's a, that's that's on your head as well. For all I know, you could be shooting the guy in the head instead, and I'm but I'm blaming all of that on the character of Aiden and Ubisoft's writing of him. <laughs> yeah, focus time and a silenced pistol has um has diminished the crime rate considerably in my Chicago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've been using that to try and shoot people in the legs, stop them from running away. The one thing I've noticed is when you shoot someone in the leg, they just die. Oh, I've not seen that. I've not seen that. Sometimes when I'm um, when I'm feeling particularly malicious, I'll shoot somebody in the leg, and then I'll shoot them in the head, just to sort of give them that false sense of security that I'm just I'm just sort of uh, debilitating them, and then take <laughs> it all away by just ending their lives completely. Speaking about the morality and ending people's lives how does the morality meter affect the way that you play the game because one situation i've had i've I've actually been trying to play it in a good way to keep that high and then there was one mission where i had to take down a convoy and a guy ran away from the car and i needed to stop him so i whipped out an assault rifle it was the spray and pray moment it really was and i took down i just saw the little red ticks come up civilian killed civilian killed civilian killed i felt terrible how has it affected your gameplay I was going to say that's really interesting because I've been trying to play it the same way uh, and definitely not cause any civilian casualties wherever I can. But I had a similar situation where I was trying to shoot somebody running away, not necessarily spray and spray. Um, I thought it was a very couple of targeted shots, but I did accidentally hit a bystander and I felt quite the same. Oh no, I genuinely did not mean to kill anybody. I just wanted that guy gone. Um, But then saying that, there have been the odd car chase where I've lost complete control and ploughed through crowds of pedestrians and um, <laughs> stopped worrying about it. <laughs> I, I may I may be in the minority, but I, I don't I wasn't trying to be a nice guy. I was trying to be the biggest asshole I could possibly be. You were really playing the character, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> it's not to say that I didn't pay any attention to it, but I found that I was always sort of balancing somewhere in the middle. More often than not, I was still being considered a good guy because I was, I was, I was always doing the right thing. Do you know what I mean? Like I was always. Mm. Um, I'll just solve new crimes and bump it back up again. Everything will be right. Mm. I mean, for for every for every person that I accidentally run over on the side of the road, I was taking down criminals rather than killing them. I kind of worked that out after. Uh, I think it was at the end of Act One. I won't give too many spoilers, but you you come out of where you've been and you're just surrounded by cops. Mm-hmm. And I thought, hmm, how am I going to deal with this? I know. I bought a grenade launcher not long ago. And um, I thought I'd surreptitiously try and just blow up a couple of their cars so I could create myself a bit of breathing room. But um, no, I've wiped out half of Chicago PD. You bad, bad man. Yeah, so I just sniped the helicopter pilot and had done with it. See, I think <laughs> I just ran to a car, jumped in it and drove away. <laughs> I think that's what I did. I just legged it. I perhaps should have done that, but instead what I did was have a massive gunfight steal a police car and then drive off a ramp on the roof (laughs) (laughs) that's what i did yes because i drove off that ramp um landed in the uh landed on the street and just took off out of the detection area no i don't i don't i don't remember the mission it's it's been a while i suppose but yeah that was that was it (laughs) 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 i just just, i don't don't remember the mission (laughs) great thanks Right, okay. Uh, what are, where are we going next? Hacking. Hacking. It's what the game is about. Love it. <laughs> I've a bit more than that. <laughs> I'll add more. Um, well, the actual the actual hacking mini game itself sort of when you when you intrude 
you know you know that bit yeah where you've got sort of i loved everything about that because it it like over the course of the game when i when i first saw it i thought oh right so it's sort of like the bioshock pipes thing yeah um but i had no idea when i when i first saw it i thought oh so it's just it's just going to be like that throughout the entire game well that's that's disappointing but it couldn't have been further from the truth as you progress through the game it does it gets really really hard and they just keep throwing variables in there to make it more and more complex but that's um that's just that one side of the hacking the other the other side of the hacking obviously the driving down the street traffic lights and stuff like that i liked i like the fact that there was a lot of the time i found myself sort of it was you know when you get that noise and that um graphic on the screen that goes as you're approaching a situation where you'll be able to neutralize someone yeah. who's chasing you. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the time I found myself doing that when it was in front of me. So when they when they sort of wipe out on the on the blocker, I get hit by it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've done that. <laughs> it took me a while to realize that you do actually get the opportunity to do it when it's behind you as well. <laughs> No, I, I was the same. I did it with the spikes. Um, I took all four of my tires out. Yeah. Just just through mistiming it. But yeah, you you do realise, and it works quite a distance behind you as well. Mm. Um, you just have to kind tr- kind of trust the game is going to tell you. Mm. But that's it. So some sometimes sometimes it will just flash up for us for a brief second. And you do you you end up when you miss it you you end up driving off really disappointed in yourself like I should be on I should be more on the ball than this. <laughs> I've started trying to use focus time um, mm. just to give me that opportunity, but um, I'm not successfully pulling that off yet. But I'm guessing that's what it's there for. Is when you're approaching those situations, you slow down the time and give yourself that extra five or six seconds just to survey it and pick what you're going to do. Um, mm. But I, I, it doesn't come naturally. You've really, I think you've really got to work at it, which is a little bit disappointing. Um, it's kind of a bit back to the initial feeling of the driving. You kind of want these cool things to happen around you. You want to be in full control of them, but at the same time, you do want the game a little bit to do it for you because there's something flown past you at 60 miles an hour behind you. You know you can't look backwards because if you do, then you'll crash <laughs> to what's in front of you. So you kind of want it to take over a little bit, and it does that to a degree, but not as well as I wanted it to. What about the the kill cam? Have you ever come back and you're just about to go smack bang head into somebody in the oncoming lane? Like nine times out of ten. Because I find that quite irritating. <laughs> yeah. I've not had that. I've not had it dump me in, into oncoming traffic. But each time I've had that kill cam, um, it, you can't really see anything. It's too far away. and And so it's almost a little bit, well... He didn't really need to show me that because all it is is a cloud of dust. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I I drive like a maniac. So when the uh, when the camera does come back, odds are I've turned and I'm now facing a building about 15 yeah. meters away from it, <laughs> travelling at about 80 mile an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Just coming back to what you said, Seth, about those intrudes. Um, I I really do like that aspect. That it's a proper voyeur's game, isn't it? Yeah. But how dark are some of those situations you end up watching? Yeah. Oh, there's some yeah. really truly horrible ones. And there's and it's one one of the th- one of the things after I'd after I'd seen a few, I was like, there's I, I I was thinking, there's a lot of sexually oriented video clips of these. Like how how sexually deprived are Ubisoft? You got the <laughs> you got the penis pump. You got the. 
couple arguing in bed. You got the hooker smoking out of the window while the guys asleep in the bed. Uh, one of my personal favourites, however, was there was a little kid sit lying down on his bed, and he was. It's not sexually oriented, by the way. <laughs> it's not. It's not related Good. to any of that. But um, no, he's a little kid. He's lying down on his bed and he's playing something, and you're looking through the television, right? Uh, his dad is sitting behind him, and you can hear an Italian fellow coming from the television. <laughs> you can you can you can basically tell that the kid is playing Assassin's Creed and his dad is just sitting there calling it stupid. Like, why is he talking to the guy he just killed? It's a confession, <laughs> Dad, you're ruining it. Get out of my room. There's um there's a bit as well, I think uh Dexter Jekyll, who's a, a long time friend of Kodak Moments, posted a picture on Twitter the other day of a screen grab of um it was a kid playing on a device and it was Child of Light. There's ah, lots oh, really? of subtle little UB hints in there, I think. Yeah, well, I've I found a raving rabbit rabbit uh, on, on a newsstand. But yeah, yeah, those those in, intrudes. There's one I was, but there's one I've watched today, um, where it is just a living room, uh, and it's a voicemail being played from a son ringing his dad, saying he hasn't heard from him for a few days, and he's he's going to come around and see him after work, and the guy's dead on the floor. That's horrible. Uh, you're just like, oh, that's awful. There was, there was one I, I watched last night, which pretty much ended my game session because I thought I could, nothing's going to top that. As it was a woman topping herself, oh, you couldn't Jesus see anything. Christ. She's just psyching herself up, and then it all goes quiet. <laughs> and you sat listening, sat watching these things, thinking, "Bloody hell!" And I, I am assuming that is the impact that they really want. Yeah, I, I, was, I was, I was about to say is it, it sort of, it sort of speaks for. Because the whole the whole government is corrupt and everything, and they're they're really neglectful. They're trying to make money out of everybody, and they're trying to take away everybody's privacy. So it does sort of it does sort of lend to the atmosphere of the game that to know that there are people in official buildings and official in official roles that are watching this and just letting it happen. Mm-hmm. And it sort of yeah, it, it does it does it does sort of lend to the atmosphere. So when we come away thinking, oh, that's a really that's really dark sort of to see to see someone killing themselves, for example, it it it's it it, it it speaks for it speaks for the government within the the fictionalized world because there's nothing wrong with the government in the real world. <laughs> <laughs> they would they would never do anything like this. <laughs> oh come on! Of course it was going to get political. We're talking about watchdogs here. <laughs> Speaking of the, well, the political aspect, um, and possibly the only a- aspect of Aiden's character that I have quite liked so far, is when you check in. He is a sarcastic guy. Everything seems to be something notorious from Chicago's history. I am taking a wild leap that all of them are true, that it isn't a, a made-up thing about the place, that these are actual Chicago landmarks or locations. Uh, but it's he, he he does just take the piss out of them. Uh, a lot of it political based. Some of it just the the dissatisfaction with the way people react and behave. They are quite amusing to read, but it's just one short paragraph. Uh, yeah. Very very light hearted, and has made me probably go searching for the check ins more than I would have done. Uh, because I know you get you get, obviously get that option to leave gifts and collect gifts at all these check in spots, and um, but they usually not very good things. Although I did have a thousand dollars from you today, Andy, which was pretty nice. I then went and blew it in a poker game. <laughs> the little nuggets of history and uh, the way he thinks and feels about things is really interesting. I have quite enjoyed that. 
that's one of the things that I generally like about Ubisoft. It's like it took me a while to notice in the Assassin's Creed games, but if you sort of read some of the uh, the stuff that Sean writes in the database, it can be that can be quite funny as well. Sort of he's talking he's talking about sort of an aspect of history or something like that. I, I'm not sure if it was in all of the Assassin's Creeds, but it was definitely in one of the Ezio, one of the Ezio trilogy installments that. Um, yeah, the, the sort because of, I do I do like I do sort of like the whole history thing. It's one of the, one of the main likes about Assassin's Creed. But getting back on subject, yeah, Ubisoft generally generally do sort of write that um, that sort of stuff. And I'm, I'm definitely going to have to go and check that out because I haven't yeah. checked into a great many places. I think I've only checked into like nine places. Yeah, it's they are well definitely worth reading, and um, I have been meaning to go and check on some of them to find out whether they're genuine things or um, have just been made up for the game because. Some of them, after reading them, if they're genuine, then Chicago's got a pretty dark past. Mm. Well, it's, it's got a massive connection with organised crime, though, hasn't it? Um, interestingly, a lot of the things aren't to do with the, the organised crime piece. It's um, it's just the history of the town and notorious spots and things that have happened. It's Yeah, I, I need to go and check some out. Just going back to the previous Watchdogs podcast we did, how does Chicago and say Chicago, Seb? Oh, Chica- <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> but you don't. You don't really. I mean, you you hear it. You hear it a bit, like when the police come over the over the antenna and stuff like that. But you don't. You don't really hear it as much as I was hoping to hear the old uh, Chicago. <laughs> Stay out of this, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> so, Matt, you made a really interesting point a minute ago, which I'm going to leap upon, and you said something about the um, Aiden's feeling of disappointment in the actions of others. Yes. So to do that, I'm going to explain what happened to me on Tuesday because I was away on a business trip. So my copy of Watch Dogs arrived and my wife opened it at home and actually threatened to start playing it while I was away. (laughs) So I ended up watching a couple of hours of people playing on Twitch. Now, watching Matt play was great. Watching some other random guy, who I'm not going to name, um, play it was really disappointing because he played it as a straight-up shooter Uh. and didn't use any of the other mechanics, hacks, um, devices. So... Talk to me about that. Talk to me about the gameplay and and how you how you approach that with the everything that's available to you. Well, I I mentioned it uh, just for the listeners. You know, we we were having a bit of a chat before we started this, and I've done a mission today, which I would say I approached as Sam Fisher, and I did it as Splinter Cell. It was taking over a CTOS um, control point, and it just seemed to be the most natural way to approach it was not about hacking and using the cameras for surveillance. It was getting there with a silence pistol, headshoot everybody, hack and get back out again. That's the first time I've really done it. The rest of the time I have tried my best to hack and use those mechanics. And it's only if I have failed or made a stupid mistake that I've then resorted to the the violent option. And if you head to the YouTube channel, we've got a piece of gameplay footage there that demonstrates it brilliantly when I fell off a roof and got <laughs> spotted. Um, after minutes of prep and getting everything sorted, I stupidly fell off a roof, and that was it, all gone to hell. This guy I was watching, I mean, he, he went in, he went loud. It was carnage. Um, and I think it was the first CTOS centre that you, you have to take over, which is part of the story. But when I went in and did my playthrough, I, to my delight, I discovered I didn't have to take out a single person. I actually managed to hack it all just using cameras. Yes. And I thought, well, that's absolutely brilliant. What a what a great kind of variety of gameplay there is there. And then when you take into account the um, 
detonating people's grenades and other other things like that i can't believe the the variety of options that are available to you it is interesting it makes you think and i've, I've found that i tried to do a lot of surveillance first the cameras piece is ideal um tagging everybody up marking them up working out where everybody is patrol routes and then what you can use to lure distract or even silently take people down before getting to your objective but it means that you never seem to really approach things the same way i've had i've had one mission that i died a couple of times doing it but each restart i approached from a different direction um knowing what i'd learned from the previous attempt uh, until i got it right and it, it worked really well i had one great moment where um everything had gone horribly wrong and there was uh, one person left and he was a sniper and he knew exactly where i was and every time i try and pop up take a shot at him i was getting hammered so i hacked a camera looked behind him there was a uh, like a, one of the transformer boxes on the wall that you can explode yep. and i blew that up and it was just enough to make him turn around and look in that direction while i popped up and took him out it was lovely really lovely See for me, for me, being that sort of stealth games are one of my favourite kind of games. I just, I just went straight into it, sort of, um, just, just taking the stealthy option. Like nine times out of ten, I would have a silenced pistol in my hand. If I had anything else, then, um, then I'd generally switch back to the silenced pistol. But um, no, yeah, I, 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 re- I really like, I really like the sort of um, the malleability of you, you, you have a plan. You sort of you sort of uh, scout the area. You have your plan, and then something goes wrong, and you have to change. You have to adapt to the situation. Sort of, you have to go more. You have to go more on the hack offensive, or and when things when things go south, that's when. Because I I avoided I avoided sort of making people's grenades explode. Because as soon as as soon as um as soon as they're aware that somebody is nearby, you can't lose them. You can't sort of um. You can't sort of Sam Fisher it away and regain your your stealth stance. You have to you have to yeah. go loud now. Or um, well, it's not so much you have to go loud, but you you have to be aware that they're now looking for you. And if they catch one glimpse of you, they're going to be gunning you down. But yeah, so I sort of I tried to, I tried to stay on the I tried to stay on the other end of that and just tried to stay as quiet as possible. But um, but also take everybody down because uh, I'm a killer. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like another another thing that I really like. Another thing that I really like is the fact that sometimes when you're taking all of these people down, you're profiling them, and they're not. A lot of them are not bad people. Do you know what I mean? A lot of them. A lot of them are in some really sort of sad situations. Like this guy's. This guy's literally. This guy's cancer's literally just gone into remission, and now I'm about to put a bullet in his head. Oh, there was one guy I felt terrible about taking down because it was um, when you profiled him and it said has been recently married distraction opportunity <laughs> and if you if you take it his phone played the wedding march oh no that was awful I used focus time during one mission and as soon as I hit fire to get the lovely placed headshot the profile popped up to say has a disabled child and I was like oh, oh no. <laughs> I could have. I had the opportunity just to go over and knock him out, and I didn't. And uh, you do feel bad. One of my favourites was um, believes Jesus was an alien, right? <laughs> Distraction opportunity, and then the text conversation was basically, "Dude, we just found the corpse," and the guy was like, "I knew it. I knew it." 
And while he's sort of reading these text messages, I'm sort of lining up a shot at the back of his head. I keep wanting to come across a member of the Chicago PD whose profile bit says, three days till retirement. <laughs> it's got to be in there somewhere. But there's there's just so much of it. It's um It's amazing. You do, every now and then, you do see repeats. But it's not as frequent as you might imagine. There's there is a lot of um, stories out there. Yeah, uh, it does that very well. It de- definitely does mm-hmm. it very well. That you don't keep getting the same things over and over again. The way it rapidly becomes boring. You do actively mm-hmm. go out and search people to find out what what they're up to. Um, but also because you've got the embedded um, hack opportunities as well to get equipment. Um, mm. Uh, cars, music, everything else that you can physically take from people. I really like the hacks as well um, that are, are linked to just snippets of people's lives and text message threads that that aren't actually linked to messages. Oh, sorry, aren't actually linked to missions, but they're just they're just there to add depth. One of the weirdest people that I came across. I mean, I, it was literally when I first when I first loaded it up, and I was talking to a friend on Steam, and. Um, I turned around to him and I said, I just found a 40-year-old black female pizza delivery driver who is also a comic book enthusiast. It's just, it's just that, I'm not going to say that person doesn't exist, but that person doesn't exist. If you do exist and you're out there, please contact us at at Codec Moments. I'll just go straight to at Seven Scott. Even when you do see little things that get repeated, even if it's just a character model, which this is one of the first games we've ever seen where I didn't really notice the repeat of character models because there was so much more to each each character model. You could have a, a 20-year-old black thug-looking character, but you could, you could repeat that character, but he would never be the same person. Hmm. He'd always have it. He'd always have his own name. He'd always have. And speaking of names, I did find someone with the surname Dewitt, and I found someone with the first name Booker. So there is definitely a <laughs> Booker Dewitt in here somewhere. <laughs> it's, it's interesting the life of the world because I've, I've read a few things this week where people complain that it doesn't look as good as they were hoping. Oh, it's not next gen. I'd, I'd have to argue that. I mean, this is the smoothest open world game I've ever played. And it does look nice. It isn't up to the standard of infamous Second Son by any means, but then it's a lot about more 50 it. times bigger. And there's a huge world and interactive world there. I, I think it's absolutely stunning, but that world is quite believable. Just the sheer number of people, the incidents, the, the random car crashes that happen, yep. uh, the traffic jams, the way everybody interacts with each other, the fact that you can see people out together to do things or gathering or or busking. The way different people react to you as well, you know some people will call the cops, some people will run away some people are just like, okay man, just put it away and it's all going to be cool yeah, have, you had, have you had anybody sort of you're, you're walking down the street, you're sort of profiling an area and someone will turn around and say that's the vigilante and they'll pull their phone out and start taking pictures of you yep I had that so many times, but I just always it's fantastic. It's one of the th- one of the things that I think makes it really sort of stand out amongst a, a sea of open world games is the fact that like, and I'm I'm repeating what Jim Sterling said in his uh, Escapist review, is that it just it feels alive. The city feels alive with people. 
Yeah. They're not just they're not just clones am- aimlessly wandering around. They're doing things. Yeah. No, you you're right. Absolutely right. It, it is um very much a, a living city. Um there there are things that remove you from that simulation quite often. I I think the audio is a bit patchy. Um mm. I don't know if you guys have found it but the car engines seem to drop out every now and yeah. again. You're thinking am I driving an electric car? I I had all of the dialogue um all, all of the mission-based dialogue drop away once and I had to reset my audio settings on the PS4 to fix that. That was um that was slightly disconcerting. Well, that's a bit strange. But it, on the whole, it does it, it is pretty solid. I've not had crashes or anything like that. No, it, no random behavior from NPCs, you know, nothing floating in midair. It does seem pretty solid. Nothing glitching yet either to, you know, make mission progress impossible. No. But it, it's a it's a testament to the believability of the world that when it's audio that's missing, you go, oh, what's that? And it pulls you away from yeah. that immersion. And you, you probably don't realise exactly how absorbed you were in it until that happened. Yeah. So Sev, I think, called it during our, our last Watch Dogs podcast, and you said water cooler moment. So to wrap it up, guys, what, what is your water cooler moment so far, Matt? It is... And I put I put a picture out on Twitter of it. It is when I blacked out a control center um, to solve a gunfight. It's the same one that's on YouTube. What I didn't realize is that I took out the local traffic lights and caused a massive pileup that ended up with three cars on their roofs burning. <laughs> um, and until I had finished the section I was doing and gone back to get in my car, I hadn't realized I'd done it. It was quite surprising and I did stand there for about 30 seconds looking <laughs> why are they on their roofs why are they burning and then it twigged I'd just taken out all the electricity the lighting the lights and caused chaos <laughs> so I was doing an intervention right and I was sort of sneaking around the corner doing the doing the stealth thing as as you do I noticed like right I saw I saw the uh, I saw the victim and then I saw the probability coming around the corner and I could, I was uh, profiling the prob, uh, was profiling the probability, and I noticed that he was uh, an insane, he was an escaped insane patient. As he pulled the gun on the guy, I come round the corner like, "What, what do you think you're doing?" Pointing my uh, silenced pistol at his head. So naturally, he began to run. As I was chasing him, he had the audacity to call the police on me. <laughs> I hadn't even, I hadn't even shot him yet. Right, I was just chasing after him, and he called the police on me. But the worst part is, it worked. I couldn't catch up with him, and I didn't want to shoot him. So the police call came through, and um, yeah, he ended up getting away with it because I had to, I had to go. I had to get rid of the police. I had a similar thing where I I intervened in a criminal action, and the guy shot somebody and legged it, and somebody else in the crowd called the police and said, "Oh, there's been a shooting." And they targeted me when they turned up. I didn't even have a gun out. It was just, it was like particularly nasty. Just admittedly, I had just chased this guy down the road and then beaten him down with my big stick. Maybe that factored into it, but they were, they were particularly aggressive. I think mine has to be, it was one of the criminal interventions. I was chasing a guy and I chased him for kind of three or four blocks and I just got bored and I happened to pull out my handgun and take him down and I didn't realise it wasn't silenced so um, somebody called the cops so I went to try and stop them and deal with it and pulled a gun on them rather than taking them down and then another couple of people 
called the cops and it just the situation escalated so rapidly <laughs> it really got out of hand sorry i've got another one i've got another one <laughs> right i don't know if it's i don't know if it's early days in the in the multiplayer and that people just haven't gotten around to figuring everything out but it is so much fun to walk past someone who has no idea you're hacking them <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it's really. I mean, actually, here's here's one of my here's here's my water cooler moment. I was playing, I was playing online. I was doing one v one hacking, and I was ha- I was hacking this person, and they for some reason they maybe they were getting desperate because time was running out. They decided to um just start shooting random people, <laughs> and um they got they got the attention of the police. Yeah, they got the intention of the police, and before you know it, the police were swarming on them. But they were not, but they were not paying any attention to me. And I was just sort of casually strolling down the street with my phone in my hand, whistling. <laughs> <laughs> Taking one of your tips, Andy, about the online hacking, just sitting and hiding in a car and That's watching brilliant. someone panic because they can't find you. Yeah. Just as that time's ticking down and as you're hacking more of that data and stealing more, they're just going crazy. Not to the extent as you said, Seb, of actually shooting people, um, but not being able to work out where the where you are. Then you hit that hundred percent and then just casually drive away. Yeah. My number one top tip, just wait until they're in a in a crowded area and there's a couple of cars parked on the side of the street. Pull in behind one of those, hide in it. And they will be looking, honestly, they always go for the high ground if they can't find you. They seem to yes. think you're sat on a rooftop. Brilliant. I did I did start sort of throwing in little little uh, little strategy ideas. One of the things that I did was I was I was chasing, uh, sometimes when you start a hack, if they're in a car, you're in a car and then you have to chase after them. But when I arrived at the location where he had got out of his car, what I did was I found I found a parked car and I screeched into the sp- the parking space in front of it. So it would leave the so it would leave the tire marks on the road, right? Then I got out of that car and I got in the car behind it. <laughs> so if he so if he looked, right, he would see that the screech marks lead to that car, not this one. <laughs> um, so I imagine I imagine I imagine that's something that a lot of people do over time. But I do see, like like I said in in the hangout, there's a lot of Assassin's Creed's multiplayer in it, in that. Um, it's not. It's it, well. It, it's not about just running around killing everything. It's no. about thinking. It's about outwitting your opponent. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, I I love it. I mean, I'm I'm going to be playing this game for a long, long yeah. time. I am well aware that it does feel very Assassin's Creed at points. The cash runs, which are, and the parkour. I know you're not leaping up things particularly. You're not a lot of time on rooftops, but you. All the activities, all the things to do, it, it does feel very much that way at points. And what what you started off by saying, Seth, that it it feels like it should have been Assassin's Creed five, six, seven, yeah. whatever it was going to be. The modern one, the the one that they were driving at when they started the series. Yeah, it it does feel like that's probably what it was, and it was a, a worry of mine that that's all it was going to be. But fortunately, it has turned out to be more than that. I am enjoying it. <laughs> Disappointed to start with, but it's picked up pace, and the fact that I've spent three or four hours playing bloody chess puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> just because it improves your focus. Honestly, I spent so long just playing video poker for no good reason. The poker games themselves, the fact that you can use your phone and your hacking abilities, and I still got beaten. <laughs> you can use the cameras uh, behind people to look at their cards. You can monitor stress levels. <laughs> you sat there thinking, I've got all this information, and still get beaten. The amount of sort of side content that's in there. I know that I, in essence, kind of rushed to the end of the game, but I still, I still indulged in it, and I still, I haven't scratched the surface because you've got the NVZN, I think it is. You've got the digital trips. There's four of them. You've got mini games. You've got the CTOS towers. I spent a lot of time tracking down the crates just so I could have a silenced assault rifle. You see, I haven't started doing that yet, but I've been doing the missing persons investigation. Yeah. Um, you say the digital trip, Sev, if you buy the season pass, there's another one of those. Really? I've actually got the season pass. Uh, it's a cyborg one. I've not tried yeah. any of them either. I've done one of those AR games. I've done a couple of cash runs. I've not done any gang hideouts. Um, yeah. I've, I've avoided doing the vehicle convoys, mainly because the first one I tried, the only option I had to defeat the convoy was to take them down with my baton. That's not mm. true for all of them. But not for all of them, but for that one, because you, yeah. were, you were watching the, the stream. Oh, it was insane. It was ridiculous. Um, so I kind of avoided those. So there is a lot of content. That I've not touched yet. I've only done two. I've only done two of the digital trips so far, and that one was alone, which I love because you've got the whole. You've pretty much got the whole city, and you've got these cyborgs walking around. Very sort of. Uh, it's it's what it's it's what its name says is you're alone, and there's these robots with cameras on their faces. They're basically just human bodies, but with cameras on their heads, and um, you've got to sneak around and not get detected by them, but they detect you instantly and. And the other one was, I can't remember what it was called, but you're flying around, bouncing off flowers. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just madness. And when you wake and when you wake up from the digital trips, it's like it's like switching over to Trevor in GTA five. <laughs> <laughs> because he's like he's just sitting in a sw- sitting in someone in a swimming pool in someone's an empty swimming pool in someone's back garden. Are we thinking that a they live digital trip would be a good idea? Oh, I'd, yes. I'd pay for that content. In fact, I'd, I'd in fact I'd say that alone kind of is a they live. Not well, I mean, well, it's quite close to one in style, but an actual they live. Do you know what I mean? You dirty motherfucker! I'd love to. I'd love to see that. <laughs> <laughs> they live. They live is probably my favourite film, <laughs> especially if you got the rowdy Roddy Piper skin, yeah. K- kilt and everything. <laughs> I think we should wrap it up now. Okay, so um, what's your what's your favourite thing, Sev? No, I just I just like I like the game in general. It, it's not perfect. It does have its flaws, and you can't ignore them. But it's still a great game. That's my favourite thing: the game itself. <laughs> I like the taking over of the cameras and the hacking from them. I wasn't actually expecting that, and the almost disembodied movement from device to device to device to find a path and a solution to a puzzle. I I am surprised by that, and I quite enjoy doing it. Um, I really like the hacking distractions, and any game where you can make somebody's grenade go off while they're not expecting it, it's got to be good. Mm, definitely. Right, well, thank you very much, boys. You're welcome. Welcome. Today on the Codec Call, the CodecMoments.com podcast, we've been talking about Watchdogs with Matt Holt. Goodbye. <laughs> What's your Twitter handle, Matt? It's at... Cephaloid monkey. 
but just go with at Codec Moments because I'll check that one more. Uh, that would work. And uh, also Sev Scott. And that's uh, at Seven Scott, and it's spelled funny because I'm weird. That's spelled C E V Y N, and then Scott, as it's usually spelled. At Seven Scott. And I've been Andy Brown at Clinical Andy on Twitter. Thanks very much for listening. If you uh, want to join in the discussion, then as Matt said, why not tweet us at Codec Moments or uh, visit our website, which is www.codecmoments.com. And also follow me. I need more followers. <laughs> Sorry. Follow Sev because he's needy. <laughs> Give me more followers. Sorry, I interrupted you there. <laughs> he um, cuts it all out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's the joy of editing. Just be 40 minutes of me interspersed with silence. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, okay. Um, do we need to add anything else? Thank you very much and bye. Goodbye.